David Spada is a successful attorney whose dream was to become a sports talk show host. Elliot Harris is a Chicago sports columnist who wanted to expand his media presence. In the next hour, they combine their talents and love of sports and women by interviewing former professional athletes and lovely ladies on sports and torts. But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun than should be legal. Welcome to another edition of Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris. I'm Elliot Harris, so that must mean you're David Spada. I forgot where this studio was. I haven't been here in months. It's been a while. And I know you always complain that there's no beautiful women when you're in studio. And I don't think today's going to do any any good for you. It's not going to help one iota. You're not saying these gentlemen are beautiful? I didn't say Uh. that. I just say they're not beautiful women. Is that fair? Is, is that a safe assumption? It's a safe assumption. Okay. I think I brought the average age down in the studio. It wouldn't have taken much. <laughs> Methuselah might have brought the average age down in this. Anyway. But we're all younger than the new Pope, though. As far as I know, yes, yes, okay. We have Got John covered. Yes. <laughs> we have John Martin, who is the executive director of the Chicago Area Alternative Education League. And we have Marty Knuth from Maryville Academy. And we're here to talk a little basketball. First off, what is the Chicago Area Alternative Education League, or C-A-A-E-L? It's an organization, uh, 501c3, not-for-profit, that's been operating since 19, officially 1980. And uh, it started out with four schools uh, back in uh, 77, and we have... Approximately 50 plus programs that are involved with Kale today. And, um, we have the 35th annual basketball term, the largest basketball term in the state of Illinois. Um, and, uh, we're here to talk about, uh, Kale and what it does for kids. Okay. What does it do for kids? What we found that Kale does for kids is, uh, these kids are in alternative schools. Alternative schools are out of the mainstream. They serve as students who, for whatever reason, couldn't find any success in the in the mainstream school, and they're identified sometimes as special ed or they've had special problems. And the alternative schools, what Kale does for the alternative for the students in the alternative schools is provide the same opportunities that the mainstream schools do for the mainstream students: uh, sports activities, uh, bowling, chess, other activities. And um, students have to earn these privileges to play every week, uh, but they get the same rewards that the students in the mainstream schools get. But we think we do uh, one more thing. We, do, we think we go one step further than just making it important to uh, play a game and see who the winner is. What we do is emphasize sportsmanship and fair play. So what Kale does, you can be a good sport, and that's where the real reward is. How did you get started with Kale? Um, I met a gentleman who was working in a school with John, uh, and we were getting our master's degrees in special education, and we were working in alternative schools, and we wanted to do something beyond the classroom. We needed the, our kids to be more involved. We needed to them, we needed to have them be engaged in something that they could take away from school. And we needed short-term goals, and uh, a lot of our kids were athletic, and we said, well, let's get them involved in athletics. Let's, you know, we're tired of playing ourselves in gym class. Let's play another school. So we contacted other alternative schools, and 
like John said, it grew from four teams the first year to it just blossomed, and now we're 50 schools in the in the Chicagoland area. Was this in Maryville you did this? I or before Maryville now. My first job I, back in 1975 was at Rolling Meadows High School. So I was working in a mainstream high school in an alternative program in the mainstream high school. Some alternative programs operate in the mainstream high school. Some operate in their own facilities. Most operate in their own facilities. Now, is sports the easiest sell to kids as an inducement or an incentive to uh, pay attention in the classroom? Uh, I'll answer that one. Um this is not an after-school program. This is a during-the-school-day program. And the majority of these kids uh, are in these alternative schools for various reasons, truancy, behavioral problems, starting fights and stuff. And they hated probably school anyway, so they're in alternative schools. So we give them the, the, the carrot, the motivator, to get out of school on a Friday and play a basketball game for three hours. That's motivated. They like to be part of the team. They like to put a uniform on. They like to be... You know, recognized for something good. And a lot of these kids haven't worn a uniform since they were probably in T-ball. And now we got these high school kids playing competitive basketball, flag football, volleyball, soccer, softball, 16-inch softball. And it makes them feel part of a team. John, why did you get started with this? I was, um, I, I got hired as a teacher aide back in the 70s at uh, Scalabrini Education Center. And uh I started in April, and then that following year they said, well, you know, you should start a, a PE program. So I'm thinking back high school days, intramural program, whatever, so we had 21 kids. Right, so every day there's going to be a, a game during the, your gym class, team one versus two, two versus three, whatever. Kids that weren't involved in the, the game itself were keeping score or referee and, and things like that. And so we did a, a, a whole year of that flag football, basketball, softball, the next year, we, we were still doing it. One of the students came up to me and said, you know, Mr. Martin, aren't there any other crazy programs like ours that we could play? And so we, I, I talked to Proviso, Proviso area, and uh, they said, yeah, we'll play a couple of basketball games. So we played a couple of basketball games. Kids said, what about softball? You know, let's go play. So, all right, so we did that again, and then it just took off from there. I mean, the kids' base, that wasn't their idea. I'm using the old thing that you did in high school with the intramurals, Anyway, it just took off from there. I mean, I don't know how else to explain it, but... Uh, okay. Now, when you think alternative schools, sometimes you think of kids who are difficult to uh, have under control in the classroom. Is it easier to control on a basketball court, on a, a flag football field, or, or whatever endeavor you're... Great question. <laughs> Ask this guy, the referee. Kids have to <laughs> kids have to earn the privilege to be there. Okay, it's not an automatic. And so uh, we have a weekly eligibility. Games are generally set up one game a week during each of the seasons. And schools have academic and behavioral and attendance criteria that have to be met to, to, get, that, to get that carrot on Friday. And it's a great motivator. Uh, we've seen... Most of the schools that are involved in, in, in Kale, 75% of the student population wants to be involved and is involved in, on some level during the school year in a Kale activity. Uh, it's something for them, again, to, to find involvement in. So when they can see that carrot at the end of the week, they can set that short-term goal, they can be there, um, that means everything to them. And then, and then it just grows on itself. Um, when they make that commitment to their team and they see their teammates making that commitment to them uh, and they find some success, their confidence grows, and like John, it just it just snowballs. They, now they belong. Now they they might have been lost in the mainstream system, and, and now they're found. Now, once they get on the court or on the playing field, do those 
uh, behavioral problems resurface or they minimize or I that, got that unless you go ahead. Well, that's our job as as the adults, as the trained professionals to be there. We we re, we referee our own games. It's during the school day. Um, we know those kids because they're in our classrooms all day long. So we know the triggers that might set them off. We know the kids who should be there who have earned it. We know the kids that aren't doing so well this weekend shouldn't be there. And yeah, we certainly get some problems. Uh, on the other hand, if you've got uh, rival gang members. Members from rival games coming in to play each other, even from the same school sometimes. If you can get them on the court and they can stay focused for that amount of time, we think that's a real positive. So there's been no fights or any gun warfare or knives during the games? No or? guns. I can't say there's never been any fights. Uh, we are dealing with the violent population at times. And uh, with, the, with the emphasis on violence prevention now, with all the things we see and kids being out of school and not having anything to do, Kale provides a real positive alternative. If they can stay involved and stay focused doing this, that they're not doing something else they shouldn't be doing on the streets. Do you try to mix up the kids if you know they're in different gangs, try to get them to play with other things, or you keep them together? With they're on the same team. They're okay. on the same team. So I mean, they're learning to work together, so they're not rivals, they're teammates. Exactly. That's, let me let me explain something. I'm going to interrupt yeah. you. But kids get kicked out of alternative schools for not uh, going to school, poor self-concept, uh, poor relationships with authority, uh, inability to get along with each other. And so these are the reasons they're kicked out of school or staffed out, however you call it. Now they're in an alternative school, and these are the same things that we in – order, in order for you to play basketball on Friday – you know, you you got to be uh, behaviorally eligible, no major incidents. You got to be on time academically, and you got to be here four days. So the motivation is Friday to get out of school for an hour or two, play a basketball game, and while they're playing a basketball game, they get to show whether or not they can handle whether the referee blowing a whistle in their ear and telling them they did something wrong, uh, picking some kid up off the floor because you know whatever, and so the same reasons that they were kicked out. Now they're out there, and they have to satisfy this in order to play every Friday. And now you put them on the court in a competitive situation. they got to be good sports. We give ribbons out after every game, flag football, everything. And it just says sportsmanship. So when I'm giving you a ribbon from uh, Maryville, I'm going, Elliot, I said, the reason that you're getting this ribbon is because of you are a leader on the floor. Uh, you know, uh, you, you handle yourself well, real well. And you're a good sport and whatever else. And we make the kids verbalize during the ribbon presentation, you know. In other words, I can get a ribbon that's worth whatever, 40 cents. That tells me that somebody likes me, that someone respected what I did. Not because I had scored 20 points, you know. And that's, that's been going on since 1987, the ribbon presentation, the Sportsmanship Award, our biggest trophy at the tournament, right? Sportsmanship. We give out plaques, okay, eight schools in the tournament, in the A division, Eighth place, seventh place, whatever. They're the same size. State of Illinois. The biggest trophy we give out in each division is a sportsmanship trophy. That's the last one I give out. And basically, that's determined by the referees, the scorekeepers, the board members, and other coaches. So a team that scores the highest sportsmanship uh, points will get the biggest trophy, which is about this big. We have a couple runner-ups, but the biggest one. And the applause at the at the award ceremony is just outrageous. It's just you just you just get a natural high just watching it, and it's not just the team that wins it; it's the teams that voted for them because they know they deserved it. They did a good job, and and that's all I gotta say. So does that life lesson sink in on the players and the spectators 
and and everybody that they that there's there's more to just finishing first because there's only going to be one one person or one team that finishes first. That's right. In whatever endeavor it is. When they know that they're valued for their participation and the kind of teammate they are and the commitment they give more than the final score, that's the life lesson we want to get across. So that's what they take with them. Here, when we give out the trophies for 8th place, 7th, 6th, I call up the coach, and they're giving out three all-tournament trophies, right? All-tournament, not because you're the best player, but they will give little stories, little sidelines about this kid, you know, it went through. I mean, I, it, it's just heart-wrenching. I sit up there sometimes, and they'll talk about the three kids from their team and what they went through this year and how they were eligible and all this other stuff, and they give them their trophy. And it's like, you know, I don't know these kids as well as the coach does. They talk about those three kids, give them the all-tournament trophy. We take pictures. They're up there. They're proud. Who funds this program? The schools pay a uh, minimal fee to, uh, for Cale. So you don't have a $40 million budget? No, we have about a. We have. I, I know because we've I'm, heard about that. The, the yeah. decimal point somewhere to the left. Yeah, we have about a hundred. I'll tell you, we have about a hundred twenty thousand dollar budget. That means that that's how much it costs to run the league. We get about you know eighty eighty five from the schools. They pay a membership fee, and we do fundraisers. And and we know in the past we've gotten grants from foundations. Yes. Uh, good. For fifty schools with. Who knows? You know, anywhere from thirty to one hundred and twenty students in each school, and that many thousands of students involved. It's really a shoestring budget to go and and, and do all the things that Kale's involved in. Um, our biggest problem is instead of servicing fifty schools, we'd like to service one hundred and fifty or two hundred, or we get all of these kids in alternative schools involved in something positive. Okay. So this this has nothing to do with the Chicago public school system. We have about, um, for our tournament coming up, our 35th, we have about seven seven uh, schools from Chicago to be in our tournament. Okay, but it's not part of the mayor's grand plan and all this scale? <laughs> it's not. The mayor's looking for positive, proven programs that, that reach these students, that reach these kids in these violent situations, and we believe that we are one of those. We believe we're very good at it. We've been doing it for 35 years. Uh, our message is to let the mayor know and others know that that's we're, we're already here. We're already established. We know the success that the kids have, and that's what keeps us motivated. You mentioned before that you're not the you are the youngest in the room. We've been doing this a long time only because we get the motivation and, and it's been working. And uh, you know we we are able to be sustained by the success that the kids have, and it's their success, and that's really cool. You ever get uh, high school coaches coming in to look over the yes, tournament? Yes. And think, well, we can cherry pick this kid. Jun- we, no, we, junior we, college coaches. Oh, oh. I mean, we've had kids in approved program. I mean, not approved, but in Kale tournament, all tournament provides a West, you know, Christmas tournament, and he also was an alternative school kid. So he his season was over at Proviso West, you know, whatever it was, uh, the end of first week of March, but he was an alternative, so he was allowed to play in our tournament. Okay, and. Yeah, well, Ace Harris. I mean, I could tell you stories. I mean, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I was for. told that I can't tell any stories. <laughs> uh, who's your biggest success story? Any players make it to the NBA or CBA or? That's a great uh, question, David. Um, our success uh, stories really are those kids that get the ribbons. Really? That's it, what, it, that's it's what it's we're not really measured in uh, in professional it's contracts. No, it's 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 uh, it's looking they look on that kid. We had a kid. All right, here's a good story. A short one though. Uh, we're giving out the awards at the. I, I know Jimmy. He's trying to tell me what to say. Uh, 
They're giving out the awards in the 14th annual or something like that. So I was able to talk to a Park River Forest High School person, special ed. She goes, you know, there's a kid there that's at DePaul now, and he played in your tournament X amount of years, right? Okay. So I said, oh, good. Can he come out and talk? So she says, okay. So the kid walks in there, and now I'm going back to maybe the middle 90s, something like that. And so it turns out that he was in the tournament when he was a freshman or a sophomore because he was special ed, and he was in their off-campus program. So he was in a tournament for like two years, and then he gets his act together. He plays at Old Park, and then he goes to a junior college, and then he winds up at DePaul. So he's like at DePaul playing for two years. Um, I could tell you his name, but maybe you don't want to hear that. But So he shows up. He's going to talk to the kids. So I just, because my daughter kids me about I'd never throw out anything out. I had all these programs, you know, with the numbers and the names and all that. And so there's like 12, 15 tables. The kids are waiting to get their wives. I put a book on every table, right? And I introduced this guy. I said, look at page 14. And, you know, I said, number 25 is so-and-so. I said, he was in his tournament probably eight, ten years ago. And now here he is right now, you know, with the DePaul stuff. I mean, you know, kids love. Bob Bob Love walks in. He's got the Chicago Bulls thing, you know, the, the, whatever. But, I mean, that that is that a success story? I don't know. What's he his name from DePaul? Chris Hill. Oh, okay. It, it depends what he goes on to do later in life, I will assume. It, it's not, because you're not going to be on the basketball court 24-7. We've had Isaiah Thomas's brothers and mother at the tournament, and, uh, and that was right after the Mary Thomas story came out. And, uh, she, Mary Thomas, I know her and I know the family. And they, and, and the two brothers came out and we showed a clip of the Mary Thomas story, which I believe was directed by Chet Walker. And I showed, there's a clip there of this guy, on the rooftop with Isaiah when he was like maybe 10, telling him, don't go down the road that I did, okay, because he had a couple of brothers that got in a lot of trouble. Well, you know, these two brothers were there. Mary Thomas was there with her two sons. Isaiah wasn't there. I'm sure he was busy. These two kids spoke to the kids. I mean, you, know, you could just hear a pin drop. They see the clip on the TV. We showed about 10 seconds of the clip. There's Isaiah, blah, blah, blah. This is Mary Thomas right here, famous Mary Thomas, Lord Henry. And Larry. And Larry now is a drug counselor speaker. Very good. Spoke for 15 minutes. Was We got it on tape. I mean, we got tapes of that. Why didn't Isaiah partner up with you rather than try to start his own group? Oh, he is. I, you see him in the news right now. He's with Rahm Emanuel, and he's the face of whatever they're trying to raise money for. Right, but why doesn't he become the face of your organization? I mean, you're a, pr- you're a proven product. Why start a new product to compete with you? Good question. Why? <laughs> You're probably going to have to ask Isaiah Thomas that question. Yeah. The last successful thing you Isaiah was Thomas the went to the same grammar school as I did, okay? St. He Joe's? was meant, no, no. Oh, grammar school. Our, our Lady of Siles. And, and he was taught and coached by the same good brother as I was. And then the joke was is that he broke all my scoring records. No, I averaged five <laughs> points a game, and I think he was on the eighth grade team as a third grader. And no, I mean, there's stories about Isaiah. <laughs> And he went to Joe's with Pingator and all that stuff. But uh, why isn't he there? I don't know. <laughs> when, when, when you see these other programs trying to start up, do they come to you for advice? No, they don't. No. Why would they? They well, know what they're because, doing. Because after 35 years, you might know I something. Think, I you think might, we do. You I might think know we something. Get, I could be wrong. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. We got someone else sitting Jimmy. up here right now. Jimmy. Jimmy, what's your name? My name is Jim Logerato. You might I'm, want to get a little closer to get here. Jim Logerato. I work for Joseph Academy. 
and I volunteered to help out KL. And one of the things I wanted to interject, you asked a question, what is, what is our, our, our success stories? And our success stories are the thousands of kids we've helped get through school. These kids don't want to be in school. They hate school, whether it's mental illness or their learning disability or their environment at home. There's so many distractions that make them go to school. All kids hate school. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, what's great is these kids get this, as Marty said, it's a short-term goal to get them through school, to know that they have an opportunity to play a game. And whether it's basketball or, or flag football or even the kids who may not be that athletically inclined. They want to do bowling. They want to do chess. They want to do an academic bowl. We've had that as well as motivators to get these kids through school. And just to see them show up every day and have the teachers like, look, they have this criteria to make, to, to make. that's a success because these kids need, need to find a way to get motivated to get through school. Is chess a sport? No. <laughs> It's not. It's 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 an activity that just like an academic bowl is. It's just that it's just something you have to you, earn the right to be there. I'm just thinking of bowling and chess. I don't think of those as sports because there's not a lot of physical oh, activity. Bowling is a physical activity. Be, be careful when you say bowling's not a sport. You can offend a lot of bowlers out there. <laughs> we have in the bowling league. I mean, silly, but uh, we have uh, twelve, no, sixteen uh, high school teams that bowl every other week, calling a score, or whatever. We had six, no, eight junior high teams that bowl. The reason I laugh about it is my wife beat me at bowling, and she's like 4'10", when we were dating. And I go, that's not a real sport. She goes, you're just sorry that you lost. You should have used the bumpers. <laughs> that's what I need. Next time. The carryover effect from the basketball court, from the bowling alley, from the intramural or the flag football field to the classroom, does that exist? Absolutely. I think it's a, it's a huge carryover because you show the kids that they can do it in one place. If you can do it on a court, if you can handle dealing with your peers, if you can handle authority, if you can handle learning a play, if you can do it on the court, then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I can do that in class. I can handle the frustrations of being in math class. And, and so there's a huge carryover. Some schools will say that uh, if it wasn't for Kale, their behavior management system would be non-existent. In the old days, what's reinforcing for a kid that doesn't want to be in school anyway uh, watching, uh, you know, a movie on Friday because you've done real good, you know, that's old stuff. I mean, that's old stuff. I mean, to get out of school for an hour and a half to play a basketball game and then maybe somebody recognized me by giving me a ribbon and then the coach, as long as we do a good job and not winning, but, you know, we're good kids, we'll go to McDonald's, the kids will get the ribbon, so those kids get a free McDonald's, whatever, you take them out. It's like a three-hour day on a Friday. Junior high kids play on Wednesday, high school kids play on Friday. This is week eight of the Kale League. We have 43 or 44 high school teams playing every Friday, and you got 12 junior high kids playing every Wednesday. What does your wife say about this? I mean, I, is she worried about your safety going to these areas? Or, or your sanity? Or your sanity? Uh, um, <laughs> or is the sanity long gone? I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> what does my daughter think? Oh, yeah. My daughter's got as much passion as I do about Kale. It's about passion. It's it, you know. It's our what we really need to also praise is we said we have this league, but what really keeps it going also is all the teachers and all the coaches who throw their heart and soul into working with difficult kids 
It's a tough, tough job. And actually, we're their support system. We're part of their support system, and helping those teachers have some, have another motivator to get those kids through school. How, how were you able to be that support system on a regular enough basis that it's not, okay, you're good for two or three hours here, and then after that you're on your own? It's week to week. I mean, so you play the game on Friday, you're on criteria again. So you want to play next Friday, you got to be good Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. you got to be in school Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. No behavioral incidents, no fights, no bus, uh, you know, situations. The motivator for a kid to do well in school is what? Good grades? Uh, getting their credits? Yeah, they, they don't, they don't it's long-term. They don't care about that. We've shortened it. Week to week. We get a five-day situation so that there's, there's a short motivation. And a lot of times... They don't care about the grades. They don't care about the credits. Just that opportunity to play in a sport that they don't really get to play in. And we've mentioned kids who are great athletes, but most of these kids aren't the ones that are involved in park district programs. They're they they don't they don't. It's not so much the ability; they just don't have the the, the uh, understanding of how to get into involved or the money to get involved because there, it is a cost in park districts where it's not with KL. John, you got better looking. <laughs> and you shaved the beard. Get up close talking to my Who is this young, young, um, well, young lovely woman. young woman? Julie Amaday, and I'm a teacher at the Alternative Resource School, um, and it's actually right here in Martin Grove. Um, it's through Maine Township. But I wanted to speak because seeing as it's all men here, I was like, I want a female perspective on this. We are a co-ed sports league. So I guess I wanted to make sure that that was added because it does bring in a different perspective because not only are we looking at sportsmanship, you know, among our little gang members because we got a, some gang girls too. So You never think of gang girls. You always no, think of guys. No. So um, I, I wanted to add that. And also we're new to the league this year. I mean, I've been on the board forever and I've been in a lot of different programs. And what is interesting to watch is the building of the program. So this is the first year that our school is participating, and just to watch it being implemented within the school system um, or the school day, because like these guys who have talked about it, it really is an integral part of the program. And I have watched over the year, because we started with flag football and then volleyball, now we're into basketball, and as we have gone through each sport, you watch the enthusiasm grow with the kids. So at first it's like, oh, are you going to join this? I don't know. I don't know. And then as they go... And they come back with their ribbons, and they run through the hallways, and like, hey, I got a ribbon. And, you know, these are some tough kids, but that means so much to them. And I have seen a difference in our school. Um, have the grades we, improved or the attendance or the behavior? We're working on it. I mean, you, I think the key is that you have to put that all together. So sometimes they don't initially see that what they're doing. But when that one kid can't go because they haven't done what they needed to do, or they say, hey, I can't go this week because I didn't come to school on Monday. And the other kids are like, oh, wow, they're then you really get holding the, the to The peer it. pressure sets Absolutely. in. Absolutely. So when they are a team, especially now during basketball, it tends to be a little bit more competitive with all of the kids. Um, they really coach each other, like I mean, or encourage each other during the week. We have practiced today, and they are already saying, like, oh, who's not here? And how are you? Okay, we got a game tomorrow. So they're totally excited, and they really do a lot of peer work. Do you want to come to my kid's school? I'm coaching <laughs> fourth and fifth grade girls at a Catholic school, and it's driving me nuts this year. I had my daughter for the first time because the Archdiocese of Chicago came up with new rules. Equal time for all the kids, 
And I had three kids giving me behavioral issues, so I told them they were going to be benched. I had a parent complain. <laughs> I had the principal and AD say, you can't do that. You have to send, talk to parents first, and then there's nothing in the rules. I'm like, what is the motivation? I have girls out there just crossing their arms, take them out, and parents get mad say, well, they don't care. you got to play them. I'm like, what is the motivation to basically practice and play hard because you know you're guaranteed equal time and everything like that. And other coaches are playing, playing for keeps. Well, you know what? The the only thing that I can say is that, and especially when I look at the girls, I, I think that it is absolutely so cool that the boys are usually encouraging them. So I don't know. I mean, they they have a great camaraderie among themselves. So I don't know if that at that age level that they're going to do that. But at high school, they, they tend to do that a little bit more. So okay. um, it's awesome. And now the basketball tournament is March 23rd and March 24th at the Forest View Education Center in... Arlington Heights, 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., open to the public? Yes, at no cost. Okay. Come in, come in free. Sounds good no to me. <laughs> no hats. No hats in the building. No hats White in the building. <laughs> I want to know where Sarah got her looks from. <laughs> easy, easy, easy. Anyway, we would like to thank everybody who came in from Kale. And for more information, people can go to your website? Yes. C A. A-E-L? C-A-A-E-L news dot blogspot dot com. All righty. We'll put it up on the talk zone yeah, site. Like, that sounds good. That okay. long distance. And when we come back, we will have an interview with Wrestling's Tara. You are listening to Sports and Torts on talkzone.com. <laughs> 